What is up? We are back. Tony in the field. Tony in the field. Oh my God. I love those guys. So excited to be on Tony in the field. Love the show. Oh man. I can't wait. I'm fired up. Preston, what's on the menu, brother? The gloves are coming off. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History part of Tie game with five seconds remaining. Swoops. Dancing for the win! Texas is back, folks! Indiana's 9 out of 12. Oh! Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Tony in the field coming to you on Sunday, February 4th, 2024. On the field, A.K. Preston Highfield holding it down in Austin, Texas, USA. Big Tony holding it down in beautiful San Diego, California. One week out from the Super Bowl. I uh, had the Pro Bowl today. Did not watch. Did not even pay attention to a second of it. We have way more important things. Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, Jimmy Harbaugh is the new coach of the San Diego Superchargers. We'll talk about that talk about maybe how to fix college football or at least talk about the current issues with it as a lot of these college football coaches are looking to jump ship to the NFL or different jobs. AFC NFC championship game reviews and then at the end some very quick hitters. Aussie Open and Tony has some quick hits on Subway Tuna and Southwest Airlines. What's up Big Tony? Keepy, how we doing man? Quick correction on the open for the folks. I'm actually down in somehow even more beautiful Hawaii. One of the few weather upgrades from San Diego this time of year. I'm on the island of Oahu, uh, hanging out with my girlfriend for a few weeks. She's down here for a travel nursing contract for three months. Uh, it's it's beautiful down here, man. I was walking around the island today, sun in the sky, smile on my face. It's a great day to be an American, man. God, that is awesome, man. No, truly Hawaii. Hawaii is all-time epic for sure, man. Probably made you want to pack up that Intuit laptop and never come back. Well, I did pack up my Intuit laptop, but I packed it up to work out here. So what are you going to, what are you going to do folks? Uh, they, they don't tell you when you're in, in college that the corporate world will, will take the life out of you, man. I, I, <laughs> I advise all those, I advise all those 18 to 22 year olds that are sucking down the cold ones on whatever weeknight that it is and not doing that English homework to do it for as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> no totally play play overseas basketball until you're 40 if you can seriously try just keep shooting hoops in greece for for 80k a year if you can because it's uh god it's worth it but um tony jim harbaugh to the bolts let's get right into it um awesome upgrade for the san diego superchargers aka the la chargers finished 86 and 25 at michigan perfect 15 and 0 this year Couple wins over the Buckeyes. DC Jesse Minter, who did a great job, and special teams coach Jay Harbaugh, his son, uh, will uh, will be joining him, as well as strength coach Ben Herbert. No relation to Justin Herbert, uh, going to join him in LA, among other reports. I believe they're still looking for an OC uh, and some other spots. Was watching some interviews with him on on McAfee and on the Herd. Um, him and the Herd squash that beef that they once had. I don't know if you remember, there was a really funny interview that he did in like 2015 where he basically just like didn't answer any of Colin's questions and, uh, and then Colin just hung up on him. Really bizarre interview, but they, uh, they squashed, they squashed the beef. Um, anyways, obviously just, just kind of initial reactions. I mean, super exciting as a fan of Justin Herbert that he finally has a real head coach. This will be the first, first real head coach he's had in the NFL, which is, which is going to be awesome for him. Um, feels like, 
they may or may not keep Kellen Moore as the OC. I think actually, wait, no, I think I saw Kellen Moore jumped somewhere else, but uh, the OC spot is, is still unknown, but obviously Harbaugh, former quarterback himself, even former chargers quarterback is um, kind of a QB whisperer. Also just like finds a way to get the best out of the team. I mean, made Colin Kaepernick a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, made Alex Smith a pro bowler, um, found a way to like really establish the running game, which is the big thing with the Chargers. As someone who's watched a ton of Chargers football uh, under Herbert, they like haven't been able to run the ball for the most part. Like don't let those occasional Austin Eckler, like two yard touchdown clips fool you. They, they really have not been able to run the ball uh, consistently, which is probably the biggest reason I'm fired up. In addition to him, obviously just being a proven great coach at, at both levels, but um, massive upgrade uh, for, for the bolts from, from Brandon Staley, respectfully, Brandon Staley to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, just as a fan of Justin Herbert, you got to be fired up to see this. Yeah. I mean, anything was going to be an upgrade over Staley. That guy completely soiled his shorts on numerous occasions. I mean, I can't believe that he lasted as long as he did chief the, 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 the cherry on top of, uh, the, the shit Sunday for Staley was when the same damn Raiders damn near 70 pieced him chief. <laughs> they almost 70 pieced him. And then he got the lane Kip and tarmac treatment. I'll ask you a different question to kind of zag here. How the hell did Staley survive for that long? Dude, that was so funny. Cause obviously I like all the Chargers were playing all backups at that point, but it, they were still getting 60 piece and he had to do the Amazon halftime interview and they had like, they were down like 50 at halftime, like literally 50 at halftime. And he had to do the Amazon sideline reporter interview. That shit was so funny with Kaylee Hartong, one of my sports casting crushes for sure. Beautiful woman does a great job. Uh, let's see. How did he last so long? Well, the notoriously cheap Spanos family is the is kind of the obvious answer there. It is it's a good question though, because it was like after that Jacksonville meltdown, it's like, dude, how can you really bring that guy back? Like all the players are gonna have that in the back of their mind that like he was the coach for the Jags meltdown. And that's kind of the crazy thing. Like I, I'm still I am still shocked that they ponied up for Harbaugh. Like I'm I'm still shocked because he, you know, there were reports from the athletic, among others, that Michigan was gonna make him like a Saban Saban level offer. Um, or, you know, basically be the highest paid coach in, in college. So they must have, I don't think the contract details are fully public yet that I've seen, but they must have given them, I think we talked about this last time, but my guess would be, you know, five years, 55 or 60 million. Like I am still shocked that they ponied up for him. Like they've never done this. They've gone so cheap. Um, Anthony Lynn, Brandon Staley, I, you know, like Schottenheimer, some other guys, like they've cheaped out on these coaches and they finally paid like, a proven, proven head coach. Yeah, it says here that that Harbaugh's contract offer from Michigan was ten years and one hundred and twenty-five million back in in December. Uh, so I, I would imagine that that the Bolts and and Spanos definitely ponied up somewhere close to that to to be able to lure him to the NFL. Although, dude, you you mentioned it in the open a little bit, um, or at least before we were talking pre-show. These college jobs are, are getting a little bit tougher each year that that NIL becomes more out of control and the recruiting becomes more ridiculous. Maybe he was just sick of the NCAA and, and the landscape of college football in general. And maybe it wasn't even so much like a, a top dollar point of view. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That's um, <clears throat> that's definitely something that I'm sure bothered him is like, 
you know, he got suspended three games for buying some recruits, some cheeseburgers. Like, what are we really doing? And, and you know, it's the Connor Stallions thing. All right, you suspend him. And, like, sure, he probably deserves that. But, like, the fact that, like, there's just always going to be that NCAA cloud over your shoulder. By the way, it looks like Tennessee might get hit with a bunch of recruiting sanctions. And that's the thing is, like, dude, there was a Kirk Herbstreit um, soundbite where he said the sport is spiraling out of control. I've seen athletic reports like very legitimate reports from the athletic that said chip kelly wants out of ucla and he wants to go be an oc somewhere either in college or the pros hell i would love for chip kelly to be herbert's oc that would be awesome i mean he's clearly an elite football mind like yeah it didn't quite work out for him in the pros as a head coach but like the guy knows exactly how to run an offense and how to coach quarterbacks so i mean that would be awesome. But yeah, I, yeah that, that is becoming a big problem. And like college football is my favorite sport on earth. But like, um, I fully acknowledge that, dude, what, what are like, where's, what are we doing here? Like it's, it's like, it's becoming a nightmare for coaches. And I think, I think part of the reason Harbaugh is a little bit different because of the NCAA cloud, because of the stallion stuff, even though that apparently was like put to bed in that courtroom. But like, there's just still always something to me, the biggest thing, it's not really the NIL. I think that people get a little caught up in that. And I'm not saying it's perfect. It's definitely not perfect, but like players, you and I, Tony and everyone really knows they've been getting paid. Like Peyton Manning got paid to go to Tennessee in the night. Oh yeah. It's just that people didn't see it publicly, but he got paid to go to Tennessee. And, and like now it's just like everyone sees Nico is making 6 million or whatever it was to go to Tennessee. Um, so to me, that's not the big thing. The big thing is like this transfer portal, man. It's just like totally out of control. Like players come and go outside of like, there's a window when they can't, which is basically like the season. But other than that, they just like come and go from like mostly like December through August. They just go come and go whenever they please. Like it's more or less the window. Like, I think that's what needs to be solved. Yeah. And with that, we get uh, about five times the amount of those custom graphics where we get the, the guys on Twitter, the players on Twitter chief that they, you know, they have like the, the narrowed down top 10 and, and the hashtag respect my decision. Dude, that's gotta be one of my least favorite things in social media, man. And that's saying something in this day and age. (laughs) Yeah, no, no doubt, man. Um, hey, going back to the Harbaugh thing real quick as we as we kind of wrap that up, like what do you what what do you think are like realistic expectations for Harbaugh and the Chargers, like year one and then kind of going forward? Year one, playoffs if everyone's healthy, namely Herbert. Uh, and then after that, I mean, the guy has won at every level, uh no matter how he does it, legally or illegally, Chief, he, he wins at every le- level. So he's going to find a way to, to get back there. I mean, when he was with the Niners, he was dangerously, dangerously close to winning a Super Bowl. I mean, like within inches of winning a Super Bowl at least once. So now if he gets that talented of a roster again, that would also be something because that San Francisco team was loaded for that four year stretch that he was there. But if they can even come close to talent, uh, they're gonna they're gonna be in a good position to to make some noise. The only thing that is really going against him for both the short and the long term is Mahomes is in that division and he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's that's obviously the big the big hurdle there. But um, 
I, I totally agree. Playoffs, um, if everyone's healthy for sure. Uh, and then and then from there, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, the, the thing about the Chargers not being like a great franchise historically and being kind of like cheap historically is like it doesn't really feel like a franchise that has Super Bowl expectations. Like if, if he went to the Niners, the Chiefs, um, you know, some of these other historic franchises that also have like a great Herbert level quarterback or, or even better, then it would be like, all right, man, like this guy should probably win a Super Bowl within five years, or he's probably going to, they're probably going to move on from him fair or not with, with the bolts, like the expectations to me, cause they've been such a mess behind the scenes. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like Super Bowl or bust, but I think like you have to see massive growth. And then I think, and I don't even like to look this far out cause there's just a million factors that play into it. But then I do think it starts to get to like, all right, Herbert's starting to get into his, the meat of his mega deal, which by the way, doesn't fully kick in until the next season. And it goes up incrementally. I, I broke it down. It was like 40 something to 50 to 60. So like it, it goes up quite a bit incrementally. So you still have like a good, I would say like three year window where he's not like a max max quarterback, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect them to make the playoffs next year. I just expect them to be more physical, I expect them to be more balanced instead of like lining Herbert up in the shotgun and being like, Hey, just rescue us with like a dart to Keenan Allen, um, which pretty much felt like their offense the last two years. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely expect them to be really good, man. Um, interested to see who they bring in as the OC. I know their GM is that is that Ravens guy um, who Jim and John have known for a long time. Um, that guy's, I, these are like guys from like scouting departments who like do a great job. You just like never know who they actually are. So I've never heard of this guy, but I mean, he's a longtime Ravens, like player personnel guy. So I'm sure the guys, the guy's great. Cause the Ravens, all they seem to do is draft like perfect players or acquire perfect players. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, pretty high expectations. I would say, I would say make the playoffs for sure next year, but you know, they, they have, they have their guy. It's, it's not even like. This is some unproven coach. Oh, you better win 11 games. It's like we know that Harbaugh has been a winner pretty much everywhere he goes. So it, it'll it'll honestly it honestly puts a little bit of pressure on Herbert um, to be like, hey, you're you're like you're our QB. We have our coach. Like, can you help us deliver? Um, but, you know, that's what he's that's what he's getting paid for. And it's also like a huge like last thing. It's also a huge compliment to Herbert, too, I think that Harbaugh chose the chargers because Harbaugh could have stayed at Michigan and got cashed the hell out. He could have uh, waited for a different job. He could have taken a different job. And apparently he almost took the Atlanta job, but cause that he like that division's so bad and that the NFC in general is so bad at quarterback, but he, he didn't, he took a job in Mahomes's division with the chargers. And that probably says a lot. I do think that says a lot about, uh, what Harbaugh thinks about Herbert. He's basically like, all right, I can, I can win a Super Bowl with this guy. So with all this being said, are you all in as a Charger fan? Are you, back to, are you back to being a Charger fan? Because you, you, were, you weren't there during the, the season when times were dark and Herbert got hurt. Uh, I was, I mean, I still watched all the games. Um, I think I did. I think, I think most Chargers fans probably turned it off when her, I, I will say, yeah, when Herbert officially, like officially got shut down, I, I, I still watched like that Raiders game. I watched the games, but um, no, man, I mean, like as long as Staley was going to be there, I don't think anyone in their right mind could like root that team on. But now that it's clear that like ownership has shown uh, the ability to pay up and shown some semblance of 
football IQ. Yes, I'm all I'm all the way back. Actually, I can think of one guy off the top of my head who was still all in when Staley was there. Who's that? Brandon NFL Ready was was still the the top Charger fan even when times were as dark as they could possibly be. Man, which man, I don't know. I that would, that would be tough, dude. It was tough watching Charger games this year as someone who does not have a dog in the fight at all in the NFL. I mean, they would constantly be on primetime. And those games were just excruciating to watch, dude, because they would find a way to they would find a different way to lose every single Sunday. Uh yeah, I mean, honestly, like when when Herbert was there and healthy this year, which wasn't a ton, his hand got banged up pretty early, uh, et cetera. But they were to me, they were still really entertaining. Um the the I think the most excruciating game, if I had to put like a finger on it, would be the Packers game, because um, they were they they are Herbert's better than Jordan Love, and they were more talented than the Packers, um, and that was especially the time that was like before Jordan Love had like hit his peak. Like the Packers were kind of a sketchy team still, um, still kind of are. I can't believe that they like went on that little mini run there. <laughs> I still don't know if Jordan Love's that good, but he was kind of him for like an eight game stretch there. But anyways, Jordan Love, uh, you know, as 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 was typical, did not have a good game against the Chargers until the end when he like let a touchdown drive and then Keenan Allen dropped two touchdown passes, which is extremely rare. He is like, I will, I will go to the grave saying he's one of the best receivers of his generation. He's incredible, but he dropped two touchdown passes in that game, which is crazy uncharacteristic for him. And then Quentin Johnston, the the first round pick chargers could have drafted Zay flowers. They drafted Quentin Johnston. Um, he just continued to bust. He Herbert thinks- hit him a Herbert hit him a couple times right in the hands in big moments. And he just like literally just flat out dropped the football. Um, that was that was a head scratcher. Yeah, quit dude. Quentin Johnson stinks. Oh my god, he stinks. I think it was a few more guys before. Um sorry, I think there were a few more guys besides Zay Flowers after Quentin Johnson that they uh that they could have snagged, but but what are you gonna do, man? Um last last thing on this topic, I'll uh I'll I'll bring this up in in jest, but also a little bit serious. Harbaugh, much like the Niners, and much like a few of my other vendettas, they just they won't go away, man. It's like these guys got alligator blood. For years, for years, I've been waiting for the Niners to get out of my sights, dude. And they just keep hanging around. They're hanging. Eventually, you hang around the barbershop enough, Chief, you're going to get a haircut. That's how close the Niners are to getting the Super Bowl. And Harbaugh, for years and years, Ohio State was pantsing him. And then he finally gets the last laugh as he's, as he's out the, the door before the NCAA can cancel him. And now he's in the NFL again. It's like these guys, I can't get away from them. Now, I, I think I might have a little bit of luck with, with Cronenworth. I don't think Cronenworth is going to be annoying me as much this season as he has been in the past. But what's up with these guys, man? They won't leave me alone. <laughs> yeah i mean dude i hate to say it but jim harbaugh's like a pretty legendary coach man he's he, he's really got it um cronenworth that should be an easy one to to shake i think i think you'll be able to shake him the niners roster is also just crazy stacked man and that's another thing is we can transition here into afc nfc championship game dude the the brock purdy respect i mean the guys led them 
he's led them here. They haven't won in spite of him in the playoffs. He's led them here. I mean, he dropped 34 points last game, had the game-winning drive the game before that. Like, dude, I think it's fair to say, you know, Brock Purdy is him and Lamar. I was rooting so hard for Lamar. I also didn't understand the, the Lamar hate um, or the, the 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 take that Lamar was getting hate. I felt like everyone was really rooting for Lamar, like publicly, like society was rooting for Lamar this year. There was a lot of like, dude, Lamar's going to prove all the haters wrong. And it's like, I, I mean, dude, I think everyone's kind of rooting for him. But then he croaked. Dude, he can't he can't throw in big games, man. Can't he can't throw in big, big games. games. And, and I hate dude, to you gotta, it, but he can't. Dude, you got to look at his stats. I don't have them off the top of my uh, header in front of me. You got to look at his stats, regular season versus playoffs, dude. It is insane. It's one of the biggest drop-offs I've ever seen, man. Regular and advanced stats. Like, it's not even close. He's just not even close to the same person. And also, why doesn't he run in the playoffs? What's mm-hmm. what's up with that, man? They're they're The Chiefs are playing a very specific type of defense where they're shutting down your options, and you have space to run, man. It's not like they have, like, a prime... Patrick Willis spying you make some plays, man. Why were you so afraid to get out there and scramble that that would have been their best weapon, but yet they forced him to be a pocket passer. And dude, he just, he just was not accurate at all at all. Dude. He, he must've had five throws that were like way overthrown in that game. Uh, like what, like four yards overthrown. And like, as TB 12 says, as all the great QBs say, dude, if you underthrow the receiver, at least you have a chance for a, for a PI and dude, he just overthrew guys. Obviously the, 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 the interception, in the end zone where he threw into a triple team was just like the kind of the, the stamp of it. Like, dude, he just can't throw in these big games. And yeah, I mean like, so I think that's proven, and to your point, it's like, why don't you take off and run? And there was even like a soundbite on like an NFL films thing where Odell went up to him like in the middle of the game. And he was like, dude, if you take off, like this game changes, like you got to take off, man. So like everyone was telling him to take off. I'm sure the coaches did not say, hey, stand in the pocket. Don't take off. There's no way that they said that. Like he just like, why do you think he didn't take off? Was he just did he just freeze or like, I mean, why? Why did he not run more? I'm not sure, but this this year, there's no more blaming the OC. You went from Roman, who definitely had his woes and deserves some criticism, to Munkin, who's one of the best OCs in the game. He was so good at Georgia, and this year, he was amazing for the Ravens in pretty much every game except for this last one. But um, yeah, I, it's it, this this season. There's really no more defending Lamar after that performance. All right, I, I had to look it up because I remember just being so bad when I listened to it on a podcast. I think it was their solo pod where I heard this. Jackson's passer rating is worse in the playoffs, 75.7, than in the regular season, 98.0. Uh, yards per attempt, 6.8 to 7.5. Um, the, the touchdown to interception uh ratio that's insane as well um i mean i could go on and on but like dude he's not the same player and in a lot of ways they need him to be if not the same player even better for them to beat mahomes for them to go to the super bowl and to win the super bowl because he is such a special talent that they design most if not all of their offense around him. And when you lay an egg in that position, you're not going to beat prime Patrick Mahomes, man. You're just not. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that's the thing is like this defense for the Ravens, man, it was so freaking nasty. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, in my opinion, are the best linebacking duo in the league. They're insanely good. Obviously, you got some other good ones, Fred Warner and Greenlaw. Kyle Hamilton other, is freaking incredible guys. too, dude. Kyle Hamilton is is totally him. After like looking like a bust his rookie year, kind of, which was weird. Like he got beat a lot. Now he's totally him. Um, they they do like an insane job of bringing him on blitzes, and he just like times it up like Palomalu style. Like, dude, they their defense was like. <clears throat> I I went to that. I've referenced this a couple times, but I went to that Ravens Lions game with with Jay High in Baltimore this year, and the Lions obviously have one of the best offenses in the league, and they had six points that game. It was like. 42 to six or 38 to six or something. And like, they were like shook at, at how physical the Ravens defense was. And it's, and that, that's, is that's the thing is like, dude, this was a super bowl caliber defense. No question. Like super bowl champion caliber defense. And like, dude, all, and here, the, I guess the one underrated thing for Lamar and this sucked is Mark Andrews got hurt really bad, like a month and a half ago. And he like battled back to try to play in this game and he did, but he wasn't really that effective because his knee got like absolutely effed up. Like I thought, I thought it was like a torn meniscus or ACL, but um, anyways, he like somehow played in the game, but just wasn't that effective. And and when he's fully healthy, him and Lamar really are like a, a crazy good duo. So that did hurt Lamar, but like still, man, at this point, like, no excuses. You have Zay Flowers running wide open a couple times down the sideline. You got you still got Odell who's like still has plenty of juice left. Like and you you got good schemes. Like you you can run the ball yourself. And like that's the thing, dude, to not be able to like, dude, for the Ravens defense to hold Mahomes to 17 points. And granted, like the Chiefs, yes, were playing a little bit conservative ball control when they were up 17-7 and they were up a couple scores. But like even still, dude, the Chiefs did not really do shit on offense after like the first quarter, quarter and a half. Like, dude, oh my God, that was a Super Bowl performance by the Ravens defense. And dude, and the offense just let them down. And now we got to see the Taylor Swift TikToks, the Jackson Mahomes TikToks, Hey, real quick, just as a an aside, a little mini rant. I see a lot of Taylor Swift hate out there. You guys should be thanking your lucky stars that Taylor Swift showed up to take all the spotlight off of, of Patrick Mahomes' little brother, Jackson Mahomes. For every Taylor Swift TikTok that you see, that's one less Jackson Mahomes TikTok that you see. Think about that for a second. That's deep and true. Yeah. It's um. So where 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 do you stand on the Taylor Swift slash Brittany Mahomes hate? Are you your your team your team Chiefs here? Dude, I'm I'm team I'm team Taylor Swift. There's nothing wrong with Taylor Swift. It, you know, what know. you're what you're mad you're mad that she's that she's in a happy relationship and that she's amazing at her craft and her boyfriend probably at some point fiance and husband is amazing at his craft. Come on, man. I mean, the Jackson Mahomes hate is legitimate because not only is he a terrible person with that, um, like, uh, court case that he's dealing with right now, but also just all of the cringe TikToks and dancing on the Steelers logo and all that. Dude, all that hate is totally yeah, on the legitimate. Sean Taylor on the Sean Taylor like memorial thing. Yeah, dude. I mean, come on, man. That guy. What are you doing, dude? Just because your brother is famous doesn't mean you have to get in there and try to mooch some of the clout. I no, do think it. I do think Patrick Mahomes may have canceled his brother. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a minute. I don't know where he's at. Dude, that's a really good point. I think he did too. I think after that season, he probably sat him down and was like, "Hey, man, no more of that." 
Like, we're not doing this anymore, dude. I mean, I, even in those boxes where, like, Taylor Swift and Brittany are, I haven't, I haven't even seen the guy. Um, no, he's Brandon, in there. He's, I, he's in there. But I think I think they told him, like, hey, man, a, a little bit less of the uh, of, of the FaceTime would, would just do wonders for our brand. <laughs> yeah. A couple rows back and to the left, not, not near Brittany and Taylor. Um, yeah, totally. On the other side of this, Tony, we got we got the Niners. The same damn Niners. They're relentless on you. Um, uh, amazing roster. Kyle Shanahan, just a god of an offensive coach. And Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is very good, folks. I'm, um, you know, I'm not really like um, trying to defend him. I'm like for people who are hating on him. I'm just simply stating, man, because there's there's been some random ass ESPN talking heads who have tried to criticize him, like <laughs> Ryan Ryan Clark and some of these other jabronis on Get. Well, you don't want to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I can't stand that that like a six foot small undersized guy who was like the last pick is up there falling. <laughs> I know, dude. Cam Newton's been losing his mind. I don't know if you've seen oh, any. Like, you know, I Cam Newton hates him too. Cam Newton's not in the league anymore. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cam Newton got benched for like Mac Jones and and Jarrett Stidham. Man, <laughs> he was that arm was cooked. I so, someone crammed his shoulder because that arm was not throwing the ball forward very properly. Um. But yes, I totally agree. They like mostly like Cam and these other some of these other former players like can't can't like fathom. I think it's more like just like literally can't fathom that like a six foot white guy who's like looks very like much like a chat off the street is carving teams up. But um, but he's doing it. And if you look back at his career, I mean, he won the Fiesta Bowl at Iowa State over Oregon. Like, dude, Iowa State has gone to the toilet since Brock Purdy left. Like, it's really obvious at this point that he was elevating that program way beyond what it should have been and um yeah dude i mean he's just flat out flat out balling mr irrelevant I, I, at this point it's like it's clear he's just like he's good you know what i mean he's like he's pretty damn good so i know there's no nuance on twitter but what do we what do we say when we talk about the truth right it's somewhere in the middle so is brock purdy carrying the Niners team absolutely not like the Niners team is loaded the skill positions that they have, it's like all-time talent. And McCaffrey is shouldering a ton of the load in the run game as well as the pass game, and the other guys are stepping up too. Is Brock Purdy a plumber that wouldn't play on any other team and is not a good quarterback? That's also not true. Brock Purdy has made a couple of, more than a couple, of really good throws that would you know, kind of debunk the myth of him just as a checkdown guy. Like He makes some tight window throws that are, further than 10 yards that not every quarterback can make. So he's somewhere in the middle, man. He's not elite. He's not great. He's a, a pretty good quarterback, uh, but by no means, by, by no means is he a bum, a plumber, uh, the game manager thing. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of subjective, but it's definitely meant as an insult right here. So like, like I said, man, he's, he, he's doing well enough to be in that position. I, I think that, people probably need to chill out a little bit on him. Yeah, no, that's perfectly said. That is perfectly said. Now, now he, he is an upgrade over Jimmy G, isn't he? Your man, Jimmy G. That, that and, is, that's not debatable. Yeah. He's an upgrade over Jimmy G. Now, Jimmy G did have a couple good runs. He had a couple good runs, um, but he's, he's an upgrade over, over Jimmy G string. Yeah, of course, dude. That's, that's one of the few guys that has managed to, now that he's out of, out of the Niners, uh machine factory and the shanahan um 
master's education program. That's a guy that has fallen off the face of the earth. Finally, someone that I don't have to look at anymore because he was one of those guys that kept hanging around too. Well, dude, he's on your, he's on your Raiders. Oh, hold on now. Hold on. What, what did you, you just said? That was incorrect verbiage. You said your Raiders. Those aren't my Raiders. <laughs> Formerly your Raiders. Who yeah. I, I, I still think there's somewhere wedged in that heart. There's a little bit of love for the Raiders somewhere down there. Oh, dude, I am no longer a Raiders fan, and that will never change. You you can take that to the bank. Okay. By the way, Jimmy G was a, was a healthy scratch against uh, a couple teams this year for Aiden O'Connell, AOC. Uh, he was a healthy benching for, for AOC. So I think I think Jimmy's career is uh is winding down. Do, do you, so you don't like you you pretty clearly uh hated or strongly disliked Jimmy G. You don't feel that way about, about Purdy though, do you? No, I don't. I, I don't feel that way about Purdy. He he nice. makes he makes some good throws. He does. He doesn't just hand the ball off every single time and check it down. He does those things a lot, but I've seen Purdy make plays that I've never seen Jimmy G make. Totally. And dude, he took off and used his legs so well against the Lions. He uh yeah. he had a couple big time runs where he like tucked his shoulder and ran through guys, escaped guys. Like how, how that's, is it that's... that he makes those plays and Lamar doesn't? Dude, exactly. That was like that was one thing I was really thinking about. Like, dude, how in the world did Lamar not at least try to do this? And granted, that that uh this is the best Chiefs defense of the Mahomes era, and that Bolton guy, it, Nick Bolton, I think, is Fucking incredible. 32 for the Chiefs. But still, you gotta try to run on him, man. And um and the Lions defense sucked this year. But at the same time, like, dude, you gotta give Brock his flowers for for taking off, man. Like like why I don't know why Lamar didn't try to do that. And like that's where Brock earned his that's where Brock earns his respect too, is like that kind of next level playmaking. Yeah. Now again nuance right like yes we should praise purdy for that run and some of the other plays that he made at the same time if that db comes up with the terrible throw that ends up going off his helmet and iu catches it at the five yard line then yeah that's fair criticism the niners probably lose that game as they should have as they probably should have lost the green bay game too but they're on a heater right now man this is uh this is becoming dangerously close to one of those sell your soul to the devil situations for 10 years off of your life later in life that uh i i you can't tell me right now that Shanahan didn't make a deal with the devil for the run that they're on because that's two weekends in a row that they had no business winning those games okay i mean i i don't i mean they they were up they were up 10 uh, against the Lions, so I, I don't know about no business. But hold on, hold on, hold on. The the Josh Reynolds drop pass on fourth down, right. like that that should never happen, never. Uh, I mean, dude, it, like drop, absolutely drop pass in, in his, his, his hands, dude. A three, uh, like a five yard curl in his hands when he was so good the week before. That should never happen. The bomb off the DB's helmet in somehow into Ayuk's hands when he's not even looking for the ball. That's like a one out of a thousand play. Uh, Campbell thinking that he's in Vegas with unlimited money at the blackjack table, keeps going for it on fourth down instead of extending the game out, putting them back up three possessions, the Jameer Gibbs fumble, the Jamison Williams, uh, drop pass, another Josh Reynolds drop pass. Like it's, it, it, I was watching that game just thinking, like, what is going on here? How are the Lions <laughs> about to fold like this? In your, in your completely unbiased lenses. I mean, dude, it, I, I think that I think that everyone could admit that that game was insanely lucky for the Niners in the second half with all of those breaks. 
I just, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel that way. Like, dude, I think the Niners were a lot better than the Lions. I really do. I, and I, not I like on that day, not on that day though. Yeah, they're a I, better team. Not, certainly not in the first half, but dude, the second half they fucking squashed them, man. They did whatever they wanted on offense. I mean, whatever they wanted on offense in the second half in that game. Uh, and that was the thing about the Lions this year, dude, is their defense freaking sucked. Their defense like, was bad for sure. Like, Dude, they have a they have like Aiden Hutchinson is a dope pass rusher. He's very good and going to be very good for a long time. Going to make a ton of money, but like, I, I mean, I I'm like that Brian Branch guy had like a couple pick sixes this year. That Bama guy, so I, I, he's a rookie. I think he's going to be really good. Um, sometimes those pick sixes are fluky, but I, I think he's probably going to be really good. But the rest of their defense just reeked this year. I mean, it just wasn't very good. Um, and that was that was a bummer because like, dude, Goff proved so many people wrong i was super happy for him this year i mean he's still getting a bag so like obviously he should be playing pretty well but he was a baller this year outside of like a couple of games uh and certainly i mean yes they scored a garbage time touchdown on fourth down that was like a a rocket of a throw like probably that was a that was a backdoor cover that was a that that was a phone call from the desert dude that was was vegas phoning in saying hey we got a lot of money on niners minus seven and a half you you Gross. guys better make something happen here. Gross backdoor cover uh, by the Lions, but I hope I, I I like Dan Campbell a lot. He's proved a lot of people wrong. Jared Goff's proved a lot of people wrong. Um, they're they're very legit. They just gotta probably fire their DC and or just get new talent on uh, on defense. But Campbell's the Campbell's the man. Okay, um, as we look forward, Tony in the in the. NFL, do you want to you want to give a take or two on the Super Bowl? You got any thoughts? I'm looking at the public line. We got Action Network here. Niners minus one and a half as the favorite. 71% of the bets coming in on the Chiefs. Um, this is like one of the weirdest scenarios because you have like the legendary quarterback who's an underdog and you never want to bet against that. At the same time, I'm a huge fan of fading the public because as we know, the public more often than not, certainly not always, but more often than not will not get the the bet correct and Vegas will win the money. In that case, you would take the Niners if you wanted to fade the public here. Um, what, what are you thinking early on a, a week out from the Super Bowl? I'm thinking we are all Kansas City Chiefs come next Sunday. <laughs> I need I need the Chiefs to win like I need air. I need them. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care if I have to watch Jackson Mahomes on Dancing with the Stars every night for an hour for the rest of my life. I need the Chiefs to win on Sunday. And I do think they will because I think just betting – dude, Mahomes is just insane, man. Betting against Mahomes is <laughs> is one of the scariest things in sports. He is that good even though it is such a team sport. He is so freaking incredible, man, especially in game-on-the-line situations. And I think Kansas City's defense this year is so stacked. It's the best defense they've ever had under Mahomes where they can probably cause a couple of turnovers and limit the Niners at least enough to the point where Mahomes can make enough plays to win that game. Either way, it's going to be close, man. My cheeks are going to be tight. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Now, if Michigan, well, Michigan did win the title and the Niners win the title, I mean, should we check you in somewhere? Are you like, what's what's the rundown here? This has been your meal ticket over the years is, is hating on these teams who have, just won the title and might win the title. Well, so I, I'll say this. I, I, the Niners would be much more devastating because as of right now, 
Michigan has the title. That'll probably get vacated at some point. It was no, an illegitimate come title. On. Oh, come the nine, on. Oh, no, come on. Hold on. Pipe, hey, pipe down. Pipe down. <laughs> it's my turn. Hey, you said it was my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> grown man on television. 70-year-old, 80-year-old Homer Olsen is on television yelling about how it was his turn like it's a kid in line for a PlayStation at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that guy's a fucking piece of work jesus and that club shannon podcast is a total piece of work by the way. yeah yeah no dude we broke Nightcap, that down last time remember yeah. re- remember we broke that down last time on the show where, where he and ocho were just telling like sex stories on the podcast dude and like not not like pg or pg 13 completely completely rated r out of control degrading sex stories dude yeah. what degrading was the key word there because yeah dude they were they were degrading come on dude what are we doing i yeah. guess the fox execs james murdoch no, is just no, no dude even even worse now that shannon's at espn that's a disney company oh that's right that's right that's right um yeah bob Iger, hot seat yeah i, I don't know i don't know shannon just doesn't care this guy's got so much money man that was my other take on these Head football coaches leaving the leaving college football for lesser job, lesser coordinator jobs, or the NFLs. Like they got so much freaking money, man. <laughs> like Chip's got enough money for a couple lifetimes. He like if he, how funny would it be if Chip took the Iowa OC job, dude? That would be great. Oh, it'd be great content. But hey, I I'll, I'll do you I'll do you a favor here, and all the, and all the fans here a favor. I I'm not gonna duck the question. I'll go back to it. What would I do if the Niners won the Super Bowl, making it so that Michigan temporarily, at least, and the Niners have have championships? I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. Step one, I call my real estate agent in San Diego. I list the, the condo that I own for sale. Step two, I contact the finest real estate agent in South Sudan and let them know that I am on the market looking to buy. Step three, I sell my condo in San Diego I moved to South Sudan. I have no internet access, no phone, no social media, and that's it. You won't you won't hear from me for for quite some time. There will be no Slack messaging me in South Sudan. There will be no IG, no Twitter, no 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 iMessage. You won't snail mail, snail mail only. <laughs> snail mail only, and there's no guarantee that it's getting to my PO box. You you won't see me for at least a few years. <laughs> oh my god dude that would be all time if the Niners and Michigan won the titles within a span of like a month holy shit that would be funny wait furthering the, the kind of the comedic value of this <laughs> situation is that your roommate Alex Abel is a big Michigan fan how has that been going he's actually he's actually not that big of a Michigan fan at least not as big as uh, I thought because he isn't he hasn't talked about it at all wow or it didn't yeah. like his sister went there, right? Yeah, his sister went there. He's he hasn't brought it up once after they won. It's bizarre. Damn, that is bizarre, man. But but if, hey, if Fredo all, and all, I still lived in that complex. Fredo would be bringing that up a lot. <laughs> Romero, hey, I'll I'll take it one step further. If the Niners win the Super Bowl, you know what else is going to happen? Just because it's been that kind of a year, Cronenworth <laughs> is going to hit a walk off home run to win the World Series. <laughs> He's going to tear his jersey off running around the bases. <laughs> and that would be the ultimate what do you do because you're actually a fan of that team, just not the player. 
You'd be, you're, you're, that on, might break on, your brain if Cronenworth does something like that. Cronenworth gets traded to the San Francisco Giants, hits a home run in the World oh. Series. <laughs> that would be that would be wild. That would be something. And the Lakers uh, somehow win the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be yeah, that would be the nail in the coffin. Good lord! You dude. would truly just leave the corporate chat, disconnect from social media, the whole nine <laughs> yards. That would that would have to be it, man. I mean, dude, Cronenworth, we saw it with our own two eyes when we both lived in San Diego. There, there was a stretch of time where he didn't get a hit for a calendar week. He was 0 for 31. Yeah. We both saw it. With our hard-earned money in person many times, just K after K after K. He's terrible. But yet again, this is the kind of year that's happening, man. This is the <laughs> kind of year that's happening. Okay, my my initial thoughts on the Super Bowl... Oh boy, I dude, I, I there's this thing going on right now <clears throat> where you just kind of see it. Like Mahomes is just way better than everyone right now, and like you know, quarterback in the NFL is like the most royal, regal position in sports, at least in America and may, maybe all around the world. You know, obviously you got you know the soccer stars and all that, but um, dude, his confidence is so insanely high right now because. Like, dude, I think the Ravens are better than the Niners. I mean, they squashed them a couple, couple weeks. I think it was a Christmas Day game, maybe. Um, and, and like, like obviously, teams can improve and get better and get worse. And it, to me, it appears that the this is crazy to say, but the Niners have a quarterback who's playing better than Lamar right now because Purdy, Purdy is playing much better than Lamar. But I just, I just, I, I would almost always bet against the public. But Mahomes is just so much freaking better than anyone anyone like there's like a a huge gap between him and josh allen him and like who in the hell is the second best quarterback in the league i don't even know it's josh it's josh allen and it's and that gap is not close and that gap is huge dude and half the time not half the time 30 percent of the time josh allen like you know has a bad game like he'll just show up and like play bad so there's just a huge i mean huge gap between mahomes and the second best QB in the world. And um, I would not ever bet against him in a Super Bowl. Remember that the, all that rah-rah about Joe Burrow being in the same class or even better than Patrick Mahomes? What the hell was that, dude? Dude, that does no, 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 ser- no, seriously, what was that? What? That's a great point. Well, I mean, dude, they somehow did beat the Chiefs three times in a row. <laughs> so that that's and again i'm not i'm not validating it but that's where it came from is like burrow beat mahomes three times in a row which is kind of crazy um but in the playoffs uh one year they you know obviously they they somehow blew that giant lead that romero i think threw some money on to to have the bengals cover which is wild but uh when tyreek like didn't when they didn't score before half all those weird things happened but yeah that's way too much rah-rah man the bengals even Jake Browning stepped in and looked pretty good. Like the Bengals run game and defense is so underrated. Like obviously J- obviously Joe Burrow is him and is a very good QB, but miss me with miss me with comparing anyone to Mahomes until they get like one or two Super Bowls. <laughs> 100%, man. 100%. Um couple of random quick notes. Yannick Sinner, um Young Italian guy who, by the way, Nike signed uh, to a big over $100 million deal a couple of years ago, packed up Novak at the at the Aussie Open. And like as someone who watches a ton of tennis, this is like the equivalent of watching someone pack up Rafa 
at at the French Open or prime Federer at Wimbledon. Like it it just doesn't happen. So Novak has won the Aussie Open 10 freaking times and he's still healthy, in good shape, playing well. And dude, he just got packed up. I watched the first two sets of this. It was uh, let me see if I can find the score here. It was 6-1 Six two. Let's see where did that go. Six one six two six seven six three. So he he lost the third set breaker eight six in the breaker. Um, but otherwise he just mowed down Djokovic and like he played pretty damn well. His ground strokes are are really good, really really just really solid ground strokes. But like he played pretty damn well. But Novak also just kind of croaked in this game. And I watched Novak's presser, and he was basically like, "That's the worst match I've." He literally said something to the effect of, "That's the worst match I've ever played at a Grand Slam." And he was, and then he was like, "Hey, I want you to like give a lot of credit to Sinner. Like, please don't like make that the headline." But like, like he was respectful about it. But he was like, "That's like the worst match I've ever played." It was really bizarre. Um, but also big shout out to to center for winning um, because that dude, that dude might be kind of the next real good player here. He's like someone said is Doug Fetting sent me this stat. Like while you give your take, I'll look it up. But there was a crazy stat about what center's done to the top guys in their last like 10 matches or something. He he's beaten all of the top guys like pretty clearly, like I think 11 out of 12 matches or something. Um, So anyways, that's, that's your quick Aussie open uh, Aussie open take i don't know if you caught any of the tournament oh wait here here it is sorry let me let me let me me just read this real quick yannick center in his last 11 matches against top five players beat alcaraz beat medvedev beat rublev beat medvedev beat novak beat medvedev lost novak beat novak beat rublev beat novak beat medvedev beat novak that's crazy that is dude did i I hear you say he beat novak three times freaking unheard of dude uh, yeah, not only did I watch it, I bet on it. I bet on the Vax to pack them up. That, the Vax and AO is free money, except for that game, which goes to show you how good that center that is, man. I'd still take Carlitos over him in terms of uh, young players, but, dude, he is something yeah. else, man. He is something else. I don't think that gap is very, very big between him and Carlos now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. No, I think I, I would still lean Carlos as well. He's just been too too good. Beating beating Novak in that Wimby final is just absurd. But um, yeah, no no doubt. Big uh, big shout out to Sinner. Um, I think that's kind of all I wanted to run through for the quick nuggets. I, I really want to get to your Subway Tuna and your Southwest stories, Tony. Okay, our guy John Dunn, guest of the pod and and also an award winning listener, group texted us saying that. Well, no, first I should back up. He actually sent us a photo indicating that he was actually at a Subway restaurant. And it was a photo of a sticker that had a barcode. And then above the barcode, it said Subway Tuna is real. And you could scan the barcode to, like, look at Subway Tuna facts. And so he <laughs> sends that to us and he goes, hey, Big Tony, you, you see this? Subway Tuna is real. And so we start talking in the group chat that that you were in as well. And we come to find that our buddy John Dunn eats Subway at least once a week. I'll say that again, just in case anyone missed it. You're drinking your coffee, you're on your phone. Just just put put all that down for a second and listen to this. Our friend who is 30 years old and gainfully employed eats Subway once a week at least. I told my boss this and she was like, she was like, what is he like? 
does he not have a salary? And I was like, no, no, he has a job, a corporate job. And she couldn't believe it. She was like completely baffled. Subway tuna. Um, did he, did, what was the follow-up conversation with him? Did he, I mean, besides admitting to eating Subway often, did he talk about the tuna? Uh, he, he didn't talk about the tuna so much, but, uh, this actually prompted me to put on my Instagram, uh, a poll. Would you eat Subway tuna? And the overwhelming majority said no, but there were a handful of people that said, yes, you were one of them. I, I think you were trolling, but there were at least six nice. others. That said that they would. Uh, a couple males, a couple females, and I, I, I have questions for y'all. I just, I got some questions for y'all. That's it. That's that's. Yes, I am judging, and yes, I do have, I do have some questions for anyone that would eat that product. Okay, so I'm reading this. Um, no, that was a good, really good poll by you. Yeah, maybe we can get John on to like really break down the the subway tuna. That's got to be worst order there. One of the worst orders there. So the New York Times published an investigation after a lawsuit was filed in 2021 where a reporter, this is a good effort by this, Jay, where a reporter sent some of Subway's tuna to a food testing lab. Subway's tuna was so processed that any amounts couldn't be found by testing or that a substance other than fish was being used in the sandwiches. What an effort oh by that, Jay. Oh, oh my God, that is amazing, dude. Dude, that's like when that totally out of control paparazzi TMZ guy grabbed the used tampon in that Tiger Woods documentary and put it in the bag for evidence. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was brutal, dude. Yeah, that was that was wild. Um, OK, also further on this uh, this article from The Guardian checking in here, a lawsuit filed by a California woman who claimed that Subway's tuna products don't, in fact, contain tuna has been dismissed. Tony, the plaintiff and the sandwich chain have come to an agreement regarding dismissing the case with prejudice, meaning it cannot be brought again. Court records show. Um, okay, so wait, so they, so they settled if they came well, to an agreement? They don't actually, I mean, come to an agreement, uh, they, they, that certainly would imply some kind of settlement. They don't say anything about, like, uh, a money settlement. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there was some kind of settlement there. But dismissal brings to a close Subway Tuna's saga, <laughs> which began in 2021 when Nilima Amin and another customer filed a lawsuit this is in California, by the way, claiming that the company's tuna sandwiches were made of, quote, anything but tuna. So it all started with this, <laughs> with this legal legal battle that was literally submitted to the courts and has now been uh, settled upon. Wow. Okay, dude. So that guy, that is too good. That reminds me of when, and it's always Subway, folks. It's always Subway. That reminds me when Subway was in the news for for having chicken that ended up being less than 50% chicken. So that's that's along the same lines, right? Like think about that for a second. If your chicken is not at least 50% chicken, how can you call that chicken at that point? Yeah. No, that's that's very fair. That's very fair. We're going to need to bring John on to tell us what happens when you scan that barcode and and how the tuna actually tastes. So you would not eat the tuna, Tony. Oh my God, dude, I wouldn't eat the Subway tuna if you paid me a thousand dollars. I still wouldn't eat it. Wow. 
for free. I need it for poison. I need it for I need it for ten grand. <laughs> oh man. Would you oh, would dude, you I, eat it? I would, would eat, you eat would, it for a thousand dollars? Uh yes, I would eat it for a thousand dollars. Yeah. I would I would like to be um close to a bathroom or in my in my <laughs> or not like not have an impending plane flight. I would not eat it before a plane flight for a thousand dollars because if you got like food poisoning on a plane, that sounds like I mean literally hell on earth. But like if I was just like, hey, night in, throw on some succession or a sporting event, eat a subway tuna sandwich, I I, I could do that for a thousand bucks. No problem. Dude, some some animal on my uh, Alaska flight. By the way, I don't know if I told this story on the. Uh, we're, we're transitioning to airlines, so this is appropriate segue. But some animal on my Alaska flight uh, up to Seattle back in the fall completely nuked the back toilet and got out of there. <laughs> and there was a bit, dude. And there was a big long line. And the guy that went in after him like made a face like he just smelled some sour grapes, dude, or Subway tuna. And he had to plug his new nose going in there, it, dude. Clip, clipping one off in a in a airplane bathroom, not airport, airplane bathroom, should be a federal offense. That should be like a class three felony. <laughs> yeah, agreed. That's also why you don't house like twelve wings and three beers before a flight. Like, there's there's a lot of savages that like bring McDonald's onto a flight or whatever. I'm just like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? And well, <laughs> did you say that was an Alaska flight? So, so it's one thing to eat on the plane, especially like smelly, messy food. Yeah, that that's like microwaving fish in the office, right? Like you shouldn't have to to explain to someone why that's a ridiculous thing to do. That shouldn't happen, but it happens. But nuking a toilet on on an airplane is like a completely different level of savagery. And yes, I did say that correctly. It was an Alaska flight. Damn, that's an L for my for my favorite airline, Alaska. Um, it's a great airline, but that's a that's a tough scene that that one of the you know usually the people on there aren't aren't anything like the the animals you'll find on Spirit or Southwest or Frontier. Speaking of that, give us your Southwest story. <laughs> no, I I made the mistake, folks, of telling Chief earlier this morning when I gave him a call the story. I, I should have saved it so I could have gotten his God's honest reaction on the podcast. But I had another Southwest episode. I was flying yesterday from San Diego to Honolulu. <laughs> Just that, <laughs> yeah, hold on. the first, the first yeah, part of that sentence. I had, a, I had another Southwest episode. Yeah, no shit, dude. It's fucking Southwest. At, at this like, point. Like you're, you're <laughs> acting like it's like a surprise that it happens at this point. Okay. You know what? I, I was, I tried. I tried, all right? I was a Southwest defender for years and years, and, and pre-pandemic, the quality was good. Something happened after the pandemic where Southwest you were, you were is oath? complete. You were under oath is, for Southwest for years. South, Southwest after the pandemic is completely unreliable, dude. It's like it's like about as reliable as Lamar in the playoffs, man. I don't know what happened post-pandemic Southwest, but yeah. I had another episode. At this point, dude, Southwest is starting to feel like Spirit Airlines with a different coat of paint. <laughs> Here's what happened. Here's what happened. I'm flying nonstop from San Diego to Honolulu yesterday. It's early. It's a 7.30 flight. I'm up early. I'm up at like 5. I didn't get a wink of sleep the night before because I was packing. 
and I'm at the airport. I'm 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 tired. I'm zombie like. We finally board. I'm in my aisle seat. Bags packed. Got my headphones in. I'm I'm ready to pass out. I got one eye open. I'm pretty much asleep at this point. I hear the attendant get on the intercom and say, "Attention, Southwest passengers heading to Honolulu." We are overbooked, and we need at least six people to get off this flight and take a later <laughs> flight. We are offering $600 worth of travel voucher credit plus a refund in travel credit of your flight today to Honolulu. So I was like, damn, that's like $800 total in credit. That's a lot of money. And I was like, ah, uh, And so I was tired, and I, I kind of like went yeah, back to bed for kind of grr. Chuck Rhodes and Billions, I started growling and I shut my eyes again. Four people get up and they get off. Lady gets back on the intercom. We still need two people to take a later flight to Honolulu. And I was like, you know what? I got to do it. My girlfriend was was working until 7 p.m. that night anyway. There, I, if I got in early, which I was supposed to, I was just going to be hanging out without her. So I thought there's really no risk in me showing up later. And this is a high reward, $800. That's like my flights for the rest of the year, Christmas and Thanksgiving included. Let me take it. So I get up. I get off the flight. They give me the credit as promised. And then I have to go from San Diego to Oakland and then from Oakland to Honolulu. And I get in around dinner time. So uh, I did it to myself, folks. And now Southwest really has me by the plums because I have a treasure trove of credit. That I need to use this year. So I will be flying Southwest in uncomfortable amount of times in 2024. That is a <clears throat> that is amazing. And that's a big win for for the content here on Tony in the field, because we're gonna get at least two more Southwest episodes, maybe, maybe more out of out of your travels for the rest of the year. Well, actually, I, I'm planning on booking one of those flights today, Chief. I'm planning on booking the nonstop Southwest from San Diego to Beautiful Austin, Texas for the Texas-Georgia game to come see you. Let's go. Let's go, baby. That's going to be an all-time weekend, man. Yes, absolutely. Book it, dude. Book it. I'm going to be coming in on that Thursday night, dude, with some stories for you and a bag of half-eaten Southwest peanut mix. <laughs> a bag of Chex Mix and a, yeah, and a bumpy ride over to the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and folks, folks, these characters that you see on the Southwest flight, you don't see these characters on any other airline sans spirit. I mean, I had a guy next to me that didn't speak any English, and he was going to Hawaii. He didn't speak a word of English, and the attendant was trying to get him to fill out this agriculture form. And it, and it was like, a, it, it was like, you know, nails on the chalkboard. It was so uncomfortable. And then... The, the other guy next to him kept, ma- kept making these weird breathing noises throughout the flight. And I'm just like, oh, great, dude. Then you couple in the, the crying babies, the musty smell. I'm telling you, man, the South, Southwest at this point, Southwest at this point is no different from Spirit, dude, except you get a couple of free check bags and a, and a, and a can of Coke. <laughs> dude, that's the thing is I think that's where they – dude, they, like you get multiple free checked bags. like. That's kind of, I don't know. That's huge. That's why a lot of people take them for like golf events or whatever, but people take them deep with that. If you, you know, if you give a mouse a cookie as the saying goes, those, those mice on those Southwest flights, take that, take that thing a mile. 
Oh, man, that is just too funny. I hope you keep flying Southwest, man. That is too good. The nice part, I mean, for you, by the way, first of all, Texas to California and back, as I've looked, has a lot of Southwest flights. So it should be like a decent groove for you. Like hopefully, hopefully they have that pattern down. But also like San Diego to the Bay Area, I know is another easy Southwest flight. So that that like in general shouldn't be shouldn't be bad you really just get risky when you take it long distances. Like how, how do you overbook a flight to Hawaii by six people? Not, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, six, like not even walk-ons like normal paying customers overbooked by six people. Yeah. Well, so what happened was <laughs> how and, and we're, 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 we're running long here, but I'll, I'll tell it briefly. What happened was there was a big storm that we needed to, to fly around so it was going to take another hour to get there and when you do that you burn a lot more gas than you budget for so they needed to they needed six people to get off not because they booked more tickets than they than they were supposed to but they needed to lower the weight capacity on the flight so that's why they needed six people to leave (laughs) it's just guys just weighing the balance of the flight Well, if we get six big adults to leave, I think we'll make it. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that is sketchy. Oh, that does make a little more sense, though. I called. Like I called Ramiro. I called Ramiro this morning, and he he couldn't believe that I that I chose to fly southwest over the water. He was like, "Dude, what are you doing flying over water in southwest? One thing to fly, you know, over land, but that's <laughs> risky." And he had a yeah. good point. <laughs> yeah. Where are you landing? Um, oh, speaking of Romero, so I asked this question to you guys as, as I was watching Duke Carolina Saturday night. More grease from our broadcaster. Jim Nance inside of that butler cabin at the Masters. At the Masters. Or Jay Billis on the call of a Duke Carolina game just spitting and gagging on that broadcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I would uh I would say I would say Nance at the Masters. Uh but it's it's probably close, dude. What about what about the fanboying that Romo does on these football broadcasts for for yeah. Pat Mahomes, dude? I mean, the meat writing is insane from Romo, dude. Dude, not yeah, and not only for Mahomes for for a lot of the quarterbacks, but also, but yes, especially for Mahomes. But he also for for Jim for Nance, he rides Nance hard. Um, to he does ride Nance, Nance dude. Nance, Nance is his meal ticket. He knows that if Nance is because Nance is running CBS football, if Nance is happy with with Romo, then Rome, then those checks are going to keep coming in. So he, he uh, rides I don't, Nance I don't know, too. Jim. I don't, I don't know, Jim. <laughs> Man, there there was a lot there was a lot of rah rah for Romo in his rookie broadcasting here, dude. And I mean, yeah, it was cool to see him like flourish and predict plays and all that but dude he's objectively bad now i don't i don't care what anyone says romo stinks now dude he is insufferable on calls he's annoying um, he is yes yeah greg olson is way better than romo dude not even close yeah yeah no greg olson's great collinsworth is just unbelievable collinsworth is unbelievable he is so he's him collinsworth is, is him he is the absolute gold standard for an nfl analyst um Man, Jim Nance in that butler cabin, though, dude. It looks like he's about to get down on his knees for whoever wins that tournament, dude. It looks like he's about to just have an orgasm in there. Uh, and, and and don't get me wrong. Billis lays it on thick, too. Um, but 
anyways, I thought that was a funny question because it, it, you can tell when a broadcaster's going, I mean, full, most grease they possibly have, they're bringing it out. Um, and you can tell that with Billis and Duke in Duke, Carolina. Last last uh, point real quick. Uh, I was watching St. Mary's Gonzaga last night on the plane. Shout out to my hometown, mm-hmm. Moraga, St. Mary's Gales, packing up Gonzaga last night in the kennel. Uh, Gonzaga looks weak, dude. They're not ranked this year. This is the most losses that I've seen them have at this point in the season in forever. Mm-hmm. And their student section was throwing trash and and like drinks, just garbage, literal garbage on the, on the court last night after the refs didn't even make bad calls. They were just reviewing calls and taking a while and then giving St. Mary's um, possession or fouls or whatnot. What the hell is that, dude? Throwing trash on, on, the, on the court at a college mm-hmm. basketball game between two religious schools? It's not like this is like a Premier League third-tier soccer match. Like, what, dude, what is that, man? And they somehow didn't get a technical for it, which I think by rule you're supposed to, but... <laughs> Shout out to the Gales and Gonzaga, man. That's that's a pathetic program right now, dude. Pathetic school, uh, pathetic fan base, and pathetic program. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, college kids are gonna gonna college kid, but I, I I agree with you on the on the um the fact that Gonzaga is definitely not what they were because you know who they're missing. Uh, hey, I told everyone he's not getting drafted in the first round. I bet I bet everyone who wanted to bet. That Timmy was not getting drafted in the first round, and he didn't. And he, <laughs> no, and he, didn't, and he, he hasn't played at all this year, dude. And he, he just—he hasn't played at all. He's not a first rounder, but he—he he was a very good college player, and they seriously do—they actually do miss him a lot. The—I uh, just looked it up. So he's—he's uh, in the G with the Wisconsin herd. Looked like he signed. He did at some point sign a ten day, so he's making um one point one a year. 1.1 a year. Could be worse. Playing for the Wisconsin Herd, 1.1 a year. Looked like he had a 30.10 rebound game earlier this year for the for the, for the Herd. Um, could be worse for the, for the stash. He was such a perfect Gonzaga player, though. It was so funny. It was like, who is this old guy who is like, a very good college player, but you know is not going to be good in the pros? That was, that was a vintage Gonzaga player. Yeah, 100%, dude. I, I, I'm so glad I don't have to see his mug in college. That's another guy I added to the list, dude. I'm so glad I don't have to see his <laughs> what was mug with anymore the, on TV. What was with the anti... Why, where, why did the anti-Timmy thing start? Oh, dude, I hate Gonzaga. I'm the same St. Mary's guy for my entire life. But uh, also, the, that makes also, this, this, also the stash celebration, dude. Remember when Baylor was just kicking their ass in the national championship and he, and he did the stash celebration down double digits? Yeah. <laughs> what was that, dude? Oh God, Timmy! Good old Timmy. Always a fun topic. All right, Tony. This is a great pod, man. A lot of good content. I hope you folks like it, uh, Chief. You should probably post that that individual clip on social media of of me going through the realtor process of the Niners win the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll try to do that, or I'll at least direct folks to the to the timestamp of when the real estate rant starts. Um, <laughs> Because yes, that was one of your better ones in a while, and I think I think that would maybe be our highest rated show ever if Michigan and the Niners won the title, and, <laughs> and you showed your face. <laughs> well, no, I, I told you I can't. There's not going to be Tony in the field for like three years, dude. If the Niners <laughs> win, I, I hope people know that. I, I I won't have internet in South Sudan. 
I mean, dude, the first time Michigan beat Ohio State, you kind of ducked it for a couple for a couple of weeks too. But we got you back. We got you on there. You manned up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I was chasing. Actually, our loyal listener Pierce Fedig called me today and was asking when the next Tony in the field was. He wanted to hear your uh, pre-Super Bowl takes. Did he, did he really? Shout out to Pierce. Man. I love Pierce, dude. He called you as asking the next Tony in the field. <laughs> we got loyal listeners, man. We got a great fan base. Some exec will give us a, a, a shot one of these days, Harry. Oh, man. Um, God, this has been fun, dude. I have so much more I, I want to talk about. I just remembered another thing. Uh, maybe we'll say we'll save it for next pod, but I'm almost done reading Stephen A's book. Um, Jesus. Really good. <laughs> yeah really really good book but he, he does a lot of lying in that book so we gotta break that down next podcast dude. <laughs> he does oh. he does a lot of captain man <laughs> come on bro we we could do a whole segment on just like what the hell is going on with Stephen a right now we could totally do that like he he's just the guy's like on and off his rocker um that needs to happen so i think that's a great idea we'll bring that we'll bring that up next time um, next pod Next pod. Um, all right, a final. Uh, I guess we'll probably do a pod after the Super Bowl. So you got a final, po- final prediction here uh, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm gonna go Chiefs twenty four. The Santa Clara Forty ers twenty one. That's good, man. That's really good. Um, feel like that's hitting it on the head pretty much. Um, you know, I'm the kind of guy who I, I really do like to kind of feel it out and wait till game day to really make like a, I feel like my predictions are best like on game day when I when I really am kind of like well, well read and feel feel it in the moment. But um, I will go. Gosh, because the public is all over the Chiefs, which in any scenario would just scream, take the other side. Uh, but I won't. I won't bet against Mahomes. I will do. I will do. Yeah, something similar, man. I'll go. I'll go twenty-seven. I'll go twenty-seven twenty. Chiefs. I like on, it on CBS with Tony Romo. Oh fuck! I forgot Romo's going to be on it, dude. Might have to watch this one in Spanish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I don't know, hey, Jim. We thank you for listening. Uh, it's always fun here on Tony in the Field, keeping it light, keeping it moving. And I uh, appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next week. I don't know, Jim.